I've been that person too, because I feel, especially when I'm maybe giving feedback to family members or someone that I'm really close with. And I do feel maybe it would be crossing a line to just have it be coming directly from me. I'm like, okay, who can I rope into this so that I can give this feedback from the perspective of them maybe consulting someone else on this who is a professional because I may not be. That is an interesting uh, workaround, huh? Well, it's like, I get it, you know, especially when it comes to maybe health or the, and I'm sure we can talk about this in, in regards to your pregnancy as well. These are aspects of life that people can get very passionate about because they really care about the person. So at what point, if you don't ask for that feedback, if you're not looking for feedback, is it right that someone... Hey friends, it's Nicole and Kate, your girls from across the globe, Sydney, Australia and Puerto Rico to be exact. And we're so excited to be sharing this time with you. I'm Kate. And I'm Nicole. And welcome back to another Candid Conversation with us. Each week, we bring you a new conversation about a topic that we can relate to. We share our own experiences and thoughts in the hopes that you'll realize that one, you're not alone. And two, that open and honest convos can lead to awesome discoveries, shifts in perspectives and energy to move ahead with confidence. Because that's what real friends do. They provide love, support, and space for one another to share without judgment, speak without hesitation, and to learn from each other, even when we don't agree. And with that, let's dive in. Hi, Nicole. Hello, Kate. Uh, How are you? Good. I'm awake now. I'm awake. We had a little catch-up after. Yeah, we just had a great pre-chat before hitting record. And I must say, I can't believe I didn't mention this. I'm actually glad that I get to mention it live. But your Instagram reels have been so good. And I just watched your episode 101 today. And I loved it. Did you see my homemade confetti? (laughs) Yes, I was so impressed. I'm like, I she nailed that. Did you have to do it more than once? Or did you just do it the one time? No, no, no. I definitely did a few takes and then I had some confetti in my hair. I was like, okay, wait, wait. I got... <laughs> so I did it a couple of times, but it was fun cutting out my little strips of paper and like, yay, this is, I was, I was so happy to celebrate us. I was very excited to see your video celebrating us. And I was really excited to share our episode too, because I thought, I think it turned out really great. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. It's a new, new realm for me doing these little reels. A little fun. I mean, your video editor is definitely coming out in full form because I love like your cuts and stuff. They're very smooth. They're very intentional. They feel it, it just feels like that's where they should be. You're so good at it. I'm enjoying. I think that's probably what's coming out in, in this whole process. I'm actually enjoying going back to video editing. It's yeah. a part that I haven't, it's, yeah, it's been a long time since I've done that. So it's, it's been fun revisiting. Very cool. I feel like Instagram has been that for me a lot too. And I, I think I've mentioned this on previous episodes, maybe a long time ago, but Instagram stories is always feels like this creative outlet for me <laughs> because I don't really feel like I exercise that in a ton of other areas, especially in business. So on Instagram stories, I always have fun with, oh, look, this is kind of, it's almost like a little shortcut to creativity for me. <laughs> yeah. And you know, if you're not too fussed about 
algorithms and virality and all of those things that, you know, there's sometimes I think it holds people back or kind of gets mm-hmm. in the way of just having a little bit of fun then it's yeah i'm not too fussed about it like i don't you just do your own thing and see see what happens you want to just share something because you you want to share it organically but I, i'm not too you know fussed about hashtags and making sure it's you know it fits a certain trend trending oh, reels, yeah. all that stuff trending audio i don't i don't think i even know how to put audio onto them it's just my voice that's it that's all you're gonna get i mean if you asked me any questions about algorithms on instagram my face would just go blank immediately <laughs> <laughs> so i'm with you i am not fussed on it either But this all is very in line with today's topic, which is all about giving and receiving feedback. So that was my feedback for you. Very well done. Very encouraging. (laughs) Thank you. I will take it as um, a sign to continue. (laughs) Uh, This conversation uh, was inspired by a chat that, Nicole, you had with a girlfriend over brunch. And as we dive into the conversation, you all will see that... (laughs) The type of feedback that we're probably going to be maybe a little more focused on than the great feedback that we just shared with each other. It's a little bit more of the unsolicited kind. (laughs) And I know that that's something we're all familiar with. So, Nicole, what was the conversation that you had with your friend? So I have I love this um, routine that I have with a girlfriend of mine. We go to yoga on a Saturday or Sunday, and then we have breakfast right after. So we were catching up uh, as per usual, and I was sharing with her that the evening before I'd been at a networking event as part of the co-working space, and Omar and I received some unsolicited business advice that evening which came across maybe could have come across as a little bit harsh but in the end it turned out to be quite funny but it was I mean look this is a networking event uh there's you know alcohol involved so there's probably a couple of drinks in there as well got talking to a very chatty lovely gentleman honestly really really lovely he we had met for the first time um and he asked us to pitch pitch our business and so we pitched mm-hmm. the business and he made this one comment at one point, which was, and we pitched Webinar Ninja and he said, oh, webinars are so 2015. Nobody does webinars anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember Omar just turning to me and in, in this very polite way, just looking at me like, oh, no, people still do webinars. But anyway. Wow. The conversation proceeded and we started, we talked a little bit more about our business. Then we learned about him. He was in a bit of an advisory role in in this kind of space. So I think he was honestly trying to be very helpful. I do believe that it was with the intention to be helpful. But why I said it was amusing in the end was that one point in the conversation, I heard Omar explain and give the definition of what a webinar is you know a one-to-many mm. event and at that point he said oh I didn't know what that 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 was the that's what a webinar is oh, so, no, no, oh. Take, take everything back take everything back uh, <laughs> like, dude. context is very important <laughs> context is really important all to say I was sharing this story because I did think it was quite funny that it actually brought up a serious uh consideration when Omar and I were talking about it after in the sense that you know if you do give feedback in certain context 
you have a certain responsibility, especially if you are talking maybe to young startup founders or people who are sharing an idea. You don't know how that feedback could land. In our case, it was we realized the context, you know, we've been, you know, we're established. It didn't impact us in a way of like, oh my God, we've got to rethink our whole business now. Nobody does right, webinars anymore right. because we know that people do webinars still. And so that was the story that I was sharing. So we got into like, you know, unsolicited feedback. You know, it can be very unhelpful. It potentially could be even quite harmful in some ways. Yeah. So this is the question. And this is what brought about this topic. Right. Like when is it appropriate to provide feedback how do you know the right situations? To your point, people could be quite impressionable, especially if you are a, an online influencer, or coach, or mentor, somebody that people look up to. I mean, what you say carries a lot of weight. Mm. Uh, from a personal standpoint, having gotten married last year, and being pregnant this year, I feel like I've had a solid two plus years of <laughs> loads of unsolicited feedback. <laughs> can imagine. Everyone, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone has their own opinion about what you should do and the best way to handle things. And what I've noticed actually is people love sharing the way that they've done things, mm-hmm. which in a lot of ways can be very helpful. It gives you different ideas and you can brainstorm. And sometimes it's hard to know where to start when you're approaching something like planning a wedding or having a baby. Like if you've never done that before, then it's a very wide open sea of a billion different options and a billion different ways to go. So hearing from other people what they've done can certainly be helpful, but there's also a lot of stuff added into those conversations where I've found myself, yeah, just kind of wondering, like, how do you receive feedback sometimes? Sometimes it's not even just about knowing when and how to give it. It's also knowing how to receive it or in a nice way saying thank you, but no thank you. Anyhow, today we're going to dig into this topic by exploring the question, at what point do you listen, take on feedback, or shut it down? I love this. And I I think I'm the type of person that loves feedback. This is where I could be one of those impressionable people that you talked about. Because as a default, I'm huge on feedback. I love feedback, but I think to a fault. Mm. What do you mean to a fault? To the point where I think if you're not discerning or critical enough, which I think now in my wise older years I am getting more discerning, (laughs) I think to the point where, you know, it could, you could be taking someone's feedback and not questioning like, you know, the source of it. I know, I know we're going to talk about that, Mm -hmm. but how you know, how reputable the source is, or even realizing sometimes that people have an agenda and and not necessarily conscious of the agenda. They could be projecting their own personal situation, their own problems, their own, their own experience of something. And they're kind of in their, their, that feedback is coming from where their mindset is, not necessarily understanding what your situation is. What could benefit you the most? Yeah, or what could be yeah. relevant to your situation. So that's what I mean to a fault. So that's why I'm really excited to talk about this because I do love the idea of feedback, but 
as I'm getting older, I'm realizing you have a responsibility in how you give other people feedback. I think there's a certain line that sometimes people cross and Mm -hmm. I kind of want to get into that with you because it's like, at what point do you, as, as passionate or as keen as you are to provide feedback, I think, I don't know, we'll ask this question is, should there be a hard and fast rule if it's not solicited? Should you give that feedback? Don't give it. Don't give it. I mean, what do you yeah. think? I, I mean, I have to be honest. I have received unsolicited feedback that's been very helpful. However, on the note of like maybe receiving feedback to a fault, I feel like I've been in that place before. I almost was using it as an excuse to not make my own decision. Mm-hmm. I kept asking other people for feedback. What did you do? Da, da, da. Just because, you know, I was kind of like lollygagging. And that was my way of, oh, if I keep collecting feedback and doing this research as I would see it, then I can delay making my decision or moving forward. So that was definitely to a fault when I when I was doing that, I feel like I've gotten a lot better and am in a space where I feel very comfortable with regardless of whether it's solicited or unsolicited feedback. Mm. I don't let it like stick to me, right? If it's, I feel like I've gotten pretty good at this is helpful. This is not helpful and being able to move on pretty quickly from it, not go down a rabbit hole mm. or spiral and give, give in someone's feedback and, and think, oh my gosh, what does this mean? Does this mean that I have to change? Maybe I'm not doing it the right way. Like, yeah. Oh, that's really good. Cause I can I'm see not perfect. I'm no. not like, no, I'm not trying to claim that, but I, I do feel like I'm getting there. <laughs> I definitely feel that age is a factor. I don't know. Our our maturity is a factor in this. But I can see how it would be hard. You bring up the whole decision making. And I guess I go back to, you know, the business context, the startup context, advisory, coaching, mentors. I think sometimes people are looking for a quick answer. Just tell me what to do. And mm-hmm. kind of absolving themselves of actually having to make the decision and owning that decision. So I think that that responsibility does lie on you as the person, you know, receiving feedback. Are you just looking for someone to make a decision for you? Right. That's a great point. And I, I think that there's also just this fine line of kind of what we were saying before, like people making these assumptions or jumping to conclusions about your situation. I I feel like this happens a lot in mastermind situations or hot seat situations where whoever's on the hot seat has like this very defined amount of time to describe like this big problem or thing that they need help with. And then however many people in the room, regardless of how well they know you, your business, your background, your experience, just have like this free reign to give you any advice that they want. And I know that I've been in the hot seat before and thought, this is just not productive Mm -hmm. because people are giving me advice from a hundred different ways, having no idea what my business background is or really understanding the context of what I'm trying to accomplish and and that can be frustrating. Like that does feel bad. It's a mm. bad feeling, right? Mm. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, what what do you what do you, what have you done when people have 
offered unsolicited advice? Again, my I think my personality, if I have a, a factory setting, it's uh, accept it and listen. <laughs> that's the, yeah. That's what when that conversation that I had with uh, my girlfriend when she asked me, like, did you did you carry on and listen to this guy? And and I was like, yeah, I didn't. I mean, I always feel like there, there could be something I can learn, even if I feel like maybe someone has said something that I feel like, no, that's you're wrong there. Or even if I don't challenge it in the moment and my, in my mind, I say, that's not right. I'll leave that piece out of, you know, whatever. I still feel like I don't walk away or could, there could be something I, I can gain from continuing the conversation. So that's kind of my default. I guess it it depends on the context and it depends on, you know, it can depend too on how passionate or how into you are of, of something. So if I take it away from the business context, we've talked about my uh, intermittent fasting. I got into intermittent fasting mm-hmm. a year ago now. It's almost a year that I've been doing oh, it. Oh, wow. Right. Okay. Yeah. And... And I can do this, like when I get into something and I'm really passionate about it, it's like, you know, it takes over your world. You can't talk about it a lot. Everyone around you knows that you're doing this thing because you want to talk about mm-hmm. it and you want to share, you're excited, right? We probably all have experiences like that when we get into something new. And it was really interesting that my immediate family was concerned like oh maybe you're taking this too far maybe you shouldn't do this so I was kind of getting that feedback and I was quite resistant to it because I was feeling well I I feel good right now like I I want to try this out this is an experiment I'm doing this experiment I'm going to really commit to this every day and see how I feel and you know my mum for example was like why are you on this diet you're dieting it's like it's not a diet mum and I had to try and explain to her what it was all of these things right so she was making assumptions and I felt like that was quite interesting and and I, I felt like I handled that well I was like okay guys this is an experiment don't worry you know if I if I don't feel good I'll let you know all of Mm -hmm. this and and then I had a, a different experience with a girlfriend who perhaps was, I won't say concerned or just maybe just why are you doing this? But instead of phrasing the feedback in that way, I remember she asked me, oh, have you seen a doctor? Have you seen maybe a naturopath? Have you gone to talk to someone and just get some feedback from a professional? And I was like, mm. that? and I remember having a moment of awareness in, in that moment thinking like, that's a great way of providing some feedback on like (laughs) giving me sort of advice. Like, do you know what you're doing sort of a thing, but not from the angle, like don't do it. You should stop. I don't think it's a good idea. You know, roping in, like, have you seen maybe, yeah, gone to see someone. That's really interesting. I I've definitely like, I've been that person too, because I feel especially when I'm maybe giving feedback to family members or someone that I'm really close with. And I do feel maybe it would be crossing a line to just have it be coming directly from me. I'm like, okay, who can I rope into this so that I can give this feedback from the perspective of them maybe consulting someone else on this who is a professional because I may not be, and that's totally fine. 
but that that is an interesting uh, workaround, huh? It, well, it's like I get it, you know, especially when it comes to maybe health or the. And I'm sure we can talk about this in in regards to your pregnancy as well. These are aspects of life that people can get very passionate about because they really care about the person. So, at what point? If you don't ask for that feedback, if you're not looking for feedback, is it right that someone shares their opinion and maybe tries to dissuade you or tries to, you know, push you into another direction? I don't know if there's if something's come up in in regards to to the pregnancy that maybe relates to this. Yeah, definitely. It kind of makes me think of having almost a system down for how you receive feedback. Like at what point do you listen, take on feedback or shut it down? And I've found that I have a much easier time with this when I'm able to kind of compartmentalize and say, okay, I think number one, and what we've already mentioned is like, who's the source? Mm -hmm. How well do I know this person? How do I know this person period? What's Mm -hmm. their background and what's their experience? And that's kind of like my first check with everything, because I do agree with you going back to you saying that you feel like feedback can be super valuable because maybe there will be something in there that you should consider or or, or that would really help you in making your decision or taking your next step. I totally agree with that. And I think that it's important to consider who you're speaking with or who is providing this feedback So when it comes to the pregnancy, I've had loads of unsolicited feedback about the fact that we're doing a home birth. (laughs) Uh You know, a lot of people who are in that camp think that it's wonderful and amazing and are cheering us on and praying for us and, you know, all these incredible things. And then, of course, there's people who just do not agree with that approach, do not think it's a good idea. And the immediate feedback that has, I have to admit, been something that I've realized I need to remove myself from pretty quickly when it happens. And I know that people are coming from a good place. I totally understand that. But the reaction that I have to it, I've just come to realize that I need to remove myself Uh is when people start questioning all the things that could go wrong and what my plan is if things you know, were to go that way. As if I wouldn't have thought about that Mm. in making the decision to do a home birth. And I just can't continue to put myself in that headspace over and over again, because I don't want to have my focus around my birth be on all the things that could go wrong. Again, I know that people mean well, so I'm not saying this as a criticism, but that is, I think, a pretty stark example of unsolicited feedback that I have to be aware of who's providing it, what their experience may or may not be. And, you know, either make the decision that, okay, I'm going to accept this and consider it, or I'm going to find a polite way to shut down the conversation and move on to a different topic. Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. Because like you said, You can understand that they're concerned for you and they're thinking about all the worst case scenarios. So Mm -hmm. in essence, like, okay, that that's great. They're trying to be helpful, but you're saying that, and and I can totally understand this. It's constantly putting you in a very negative headspace. It's that negative Mm -hmm. 
doomsday worst case scenario constantly revisiting that and that's not helpful and and that's where like that's where the problem with unsolicited feedback it's a little bit dangerous in the sense that you don't know what that person's headspace is mm-hmm. and you don't know what they've done up to that point in terms of like research or you know considerations right which is where i think like you know asking questions when i think about criteria or a system i think about are they also asking me questions that kind of show like they're trying to understand my situation Mm, they're trying to mm -hmm. versus trying to push an opinion or push an agenda an agenda and so maybe it's not helpful in this example because you're saying they're asking you lots of questions have you thought of this have you thought of this and have you thought of this terrible situation that is different to perhaps asking you oh, you know, what are all the options you've explored or how did you come to decide that this is the best, you know, way that you want to deliver your child? Just asking a little bit more to understand your context versus I've read, I've seen on Facebook, I've seen all these terrible things. Have you thought about all these things? Yeah. I think that's such a great point on the system or criteria or whatever it is that you're using. And I think that that's especially helpful Of course, from the standpoint of giving unsolicited feedback, that's a great way to approach being able to open up a conversation with someone without just dumping your feedback on them is to ask questions exactly like you said. I really like that. And I think that it's important too. we're talking about the source, who who are you speaking with? How long have you known them? Do you trust them? What's their experience? The questions, how can you better understand the situation, the context where that person is at, or maybe even start to share even more information when you're talking with people about it so that you kind of head off that feedback by already sharing, Mm -hmm. this is what I've done, or this is why I've made this decision. And then the, the third thing is kind of what I mentioned before, and something that I use often is how does this make me feel Mm. when I'm receiving this feedback? And I think that that is a good piece on the flip side, empathy wise. Mm -hmm. So if I can think about the way that I feel when I receive unsolicited feedback, when it doesn't feel good, then how can I take that information and apply it when I'm about to provide unsolicited feedback? Yeah. How can I have empathy for the person that I'm about to share that unsolicited feedback with to think to myself, wait a second, maybe this won't be super helpful for them. And I think this is where I feel like maturity comes into it. I think in my 20s, 30s, I would have been so much more ready to dish out feedback, share an opinion, share my thoughts. And it's experiences like, again, going back to the one that I had in that business context of you have like a responsibility it can be quite irresponsible to give feedback in certain cases without being thoughtful or mindful about it. Mm. And I think this is the wiser older Nicole coming out in me. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to think anyway. So I'm just a little bit more conscious. But, you know, it's something to practice because th- there could be so many situations where you really don't realize you're in, you're entering that. I'm just giving feedback in this moment could be a friend who's, you know, thinking about resigning or looking for a new job and gets a job offer and you just flippantly say, I think you should take it. 
I think I've done yeah. that in the past because I'm like, I'm so excited for you. You got a job offer and you must be looking. So take it. Well, hang on a second. <laughs> like Maybe just learn a little bit more about the situation, ask some more questions. Because like you said, in those hot seat situations, you could be really confusing someone. You could be mis- misdirecting, misguiding someone. Misguiding, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is this? I, I see a note that you have here about the yes and approach. Mm. What is, what's that? Um, well, I learned about yes and, which I think is an improv, used as a technique to keep a conversation moving forward and not shutting down an idea. I learned this from Michael and Amy Port, who we've done some public speaking training with them and their former actors. And so I think this idea of yes and, it's great for usually, you know, brainstorming, ideation. So when you're in that situation, if someone shares an idea, you don't just shut it down and say no. You say yes and, and you can give your opinion, but it's in that positive frame. I think this can apply to to feedback as well. Like I think it can keep maybe the conversation going if I think about like the intermittent fasting for example if someone shuts it down right away or it could be anything you do it could be a new workout routine it could be whatever it is it could be a decision like in your case I'm going to do a home birth if someone says immediately gives a counter opinion to the negative that sets you off I think whereas if someone would say mm. Oh, yes, that's really interesting. And have you considered this as well? You might be more receptive to that feedback um, Mm -hmm. or it can just keep it can maybe um, allow you to be more open minded when you're getting that feedback. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I can definitely see it working both ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would think like if you took the intermittent fasting example, if you said, you know, your friend says, oh, this is or, or you, I think you said your mom mm-hmm. had said, oh, well, I don't know if this is such a good idea. This is not and a good idea. Even. Yeah. Even from your perspective. Yes, I could see how you would think that if you didn't know a lot about intermittent fasting. And there's a lot of research that shows. Exactly. Exactly. So it could be a way of just having a much more productive back and forth. uh, Because I do Mm -hmm. think we can be very easily uh, triggered or we can be sensitive about certain areas. So I like this yes and approach in giving feedback and receiving feedback as well. I think it can, it can be, I really like it too. I think that it could be really helpful in the, in, in an instance like that, where if a close friend or a family member is providing feedback that you're going to graciously take Mm -hmm. and maybe throw away, but you don't need to just like, let them know that. Right. Right. Because I think that sometimes then it becomes more about them in Right. In the sense that like you're hurting their feelings. You're not listening to me. I'm going to dig my heels in. I'm going to convince you of this argument because I know (laughs) I'm right. But if you don't shut them down right away, you know, you can end up having a conversation where they're forced to maybe elaborate a little bit more or share why they think this is the right thing to do because then it just becomes a kind of like a tug and war of like, I'm right. You're wrong. No, I'm right. You're wrong. Mm -hmm, Mm hmm. So what about giving feedback? I know that we've kind of woven this into the conversation a lot already, but just for you personally, do you have any 
criteria or a way that you know when to speak up and offer your advice versus being able to say like, okay, maybe now is not the time and space for me to share this opinion or advice or feedback. <laughs> I, I find it hard going back to the reason like we're having this conversation because I really love the idea of feedback. I love, I'm a talker. I love to talk things out. So I think I'm naturally more inclined to be the sharing type of person. So I do find it hard to, especially when it comes to people that I care about or if I am passionate about something an idea or the right or better way to do something I do find it hard to hold back but I I think I've gotten much better and one thing I lean on now is um, an experience that came out of OzCon the conference that we held last year where we had uh, hot seat situations um, what came out of that was a kind of rule that if when someone is sharing an experience, a challenge or, you know, is looking for advice, that you should really only give advice if you've had a similar or related experience. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I like this rule. I don't know. I want to talk about it with you. But I think I think it's helpful. And I'm becoming more conscious of have I had something that's, you know, very similar to what this person's describing? Otherwise, I would prefer to default to asking more questions and really learning about their context and their situation. That's the ideal perfect world. I I do definitely see where you're coming from with that. And I see the benefit to having a criteria like that. I just kind of think to situations, though, where having somebody's opinion who just has no idea could really open up a door to a consideration that you really haven't had. However, I understand the the potential implications of that as well. So I I like, especially from a standpoint of OzCon as the example, where you guys are the leaders, I think it is important to kind of set expectations and to have something like that in place so that it doesn't just become a free for all, right? (laughs) There's probably a different time and space for those conversations to happen. And maybe that is over a drink at happy hour or something, you know, uh, I also really like in those situations, you know, the thought that you can always approach this person and have a conversation with them later, Mm -hmm. or, you know, not everything has to be aired right now type of thing. I just thought of, um, this has happened to me so many times when you've been asked an opinion or uh, to comment on something and you really haven't had a chance to think about it, or you're not really sure, but you feel like you have to say something. And I think that can happen in, in cases where it's maybe even in like, yeah, these hot seat or advice giving or, or coaching, mentoring situations where it's like, you may not want to say the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Give yourself a little bit of time. Or maybe you don't know and that's okay. I feel like sometimes yeah. we feel the pressure and, and that's a good kind of self-check. Like, do you feel pressured to give an opinion or to give some advice because you feel like you should say something and saying nothing is in like, oh, I have nothing to say and that's embarrassing or something. I don't know. But I think it's a good kind of self-check. From, from a business standpoint and a personal mm-hmm. standpoint, I mean, I think especially in business, John has been a very good teacher for me in this, he always has said, there have been times where, you know, maybe I've done the Q and a, you know, he has something else going on or like in the, in our Facebook Mm -hmm. groups or on calls, 
he's always of the opinion if somebody asks a question and you don't have an answer, say that you don't know. Mm-hmm. There's no shame in that. There's nothing no. wrong with that. And I definitely subscribe to that. I think that it's an excellent way to go because this goes back to the whole like impressionable and all of that. And and I think from a personal standpoint as well, I mean, if you have like a good close friend asking you for advice and you don't really feel like you can provide good advice or feedback to that, why would you just mumble off something just to say something like that's not going to be helpful. And in a business sense as well, especially given that somebody might really be hanging on your words and putting a lot of weight on them. That's not fair for you to pull a half-ass answer out (laughs) just to be able to say something, you know? So ask questions. That would be... Yeah, something that I remind myself more. Just ask more questions if, if you're not if you're not sure, if you don't have a good answer or if you don't know. Mm-hmm. I think one of my go-tos as well is, especially like on a personal front, this could be on, in it from a business standpoint as well, is if I don't really feel like it's appropriate to provide feedback or I'm not being explicitly asked for feedback, then some type of encouragement or support and an offer to talk about this whenever the person feels that, you know, I'm here for you. Hmm. If you want to talk, continue talking about this, or if you feel like you need to vent or if there's any other way that I can help, you know, it doesn't always just have to be you answering or giving feedback or advice. It can just be continued support. And I think in a lot of instances, in a lot of cases, that's really what people need. They don't need your feedback or your experience. They just are looking for support. Yeah. A lot of the times my sister will send like a text message or, or we'll be having a conversation and she'll actually prerequisite it. I'm not looking for feedback. Mm. I just want to share this. Yes. And I think that that's a really smart way to go about it. If you feel like you want to get something off your chest, you need to vent about something, you have a thought on your mind that's weighing heavy and you want to tell someone that you care about it. There's so many different scenarios, right? And I totally respect her prefacing that stuff Mm -hmm. with, I'm not looking for an answer. I'm not looking for a solution. I don't even need your feedback. I just need to share this. And I need some words of encouragement or support (laughs) or some positivity. Like that's it. (laughs) So I think that that's kind of a good way. If you're feeling like you want to share something and you want to just head off the unsolicited feedback from the start, just say it, be honest. Have you found yourself doing that in conversations with around around the pregnancy? You know what? I haven't come to think of it because I will say I gave the example of the home birth and that has been a very explicit example of the feelings and the reactions Mm -hmm. that I have to the feedback that I've received. However, I've gotten a lot of unsolicited feedback that I've been so grateful for. Really? And at times have even somebody will say, can I share some unsolicited feedback? And it's funny that we're having this conversation because a lot of people do preface it. Okay. They ask, can I share some unsolicited feedback? It's a very wise and um, enlightened people. (laughs) Yes, I know. Which, again, very highly respectable. I'm like, yes, absolutely, you can. (laughs) 
But I feel like this goes back to what you were saying before is I find feedback really helpful and and, in a lot of cases really helpful. And in the cases that I don't find it helpful, I don't feel like I have a tough time with being able to compartmentalize that. Mm. I don't feel like I have a tough time thanking somebody for their feedback and then being able to pretty quickly decide whether I'm going to make a note about it and revisit Mm -hmm. it or whether I'm going to let it go. And given that I have never been pregnant before and I've never been a mother before and I've never had a child before and all of these things, I love the feedback. I'm getting so many great recommendations. I like hearing about different experiences because it shows me the potential and what I'm I'm up against. Yeah. And, you know, so yes, sure. There are certain categories within pregnancy and birth and motherhood Mm -hmm. that I respectfully accept and let go just as quickly as they came in, they're out. And I've made a ton of notes and had a lot of really great feedback from people. Wow. That's really great. No, that's... It's, I mean, there's a level of self-awareness that you have there. And I think, again, it kind of comes down to when you are in that situation where if you are a little bit vulnerable, it's hard, right? Because you could really take someone's advice to heart or it could really kind of weigh on you. Mm -hmm. I also find that it's really helpful, like in the situation that I'm in, I don't hesitate to just straight up ask people for their Mm -hmm. feedback. If I have friends who have just had a baby Mm -hmm. or my friends who have 10 and eight year olds or my mom or John's mom, I've reached out to so many people and just straight up asked for feedback. And I think that that's something that maybe we don't do enough of. Mm -hmm. We kind of think that you know, oh, I can research this or I can Google it or, you know, there's so many different ways that we receive input now. Mm -hmm. To Mm. me, I don't want to Google that. I want to like know from somebody who I care about and who I know cares about me. I want to know their experience. I want to know their thoughts. I want to understand why they made certain decisions vaccines has been a big one. I've asked a lot of moms who I'm very close with because that could be an inappropriate question for some people. Yeah. Knowing my boundaries and the people that I'm speaking with, I've asked a lot of people what, like, what are your thoughts on vaccines for babies and kids? And Mm -hmm. and what did you do? And and why did you make that decision? And so I think that a lot of feedback, like you can just ask for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you shared something from Chris Brogan's email, um, which goes back to like what you were saying about the source. Where is it coming from in terms of giving you a bit more confidence or feeling like this is reliable? This is reliable feedback. Yeah, I'm such a big fan of Chris Brogan. I love his writing. I highly recommend subscribing to his email list. We'll link up to it in the description of this episode. But I think the part that you're talking about there uh, from his email. So literally this week, as Nicole and I are getting ready to record this episode, he sent an email. The subject line was feedback. (laughs) How timely. He just knows. He just knows. (laughs) This must be on people's mind. (laughs) So one of the paragraphs specifically related to what we're talking about was 
If people give you unsolicited advice, it's your choice whether you take it. If you ask for advice, make sure it's from good sources. Asking people who are bad with money if you should invest in crypto is probably a bad idea. <laughs> Let's consider the source be your savior here. And yeah, I just, that email really came at like a perfect time. It really solidified a lot of the thoughts that I have about unsolicited feedback, both giving and receiving and, uh, yeah, what, it, what was your thought on the, well, I want to, uh, something you said earlier kind of counters this idea and it's kind of st stuck with me when you said sometimes it's helpful to have somebody from a completely different, it could be a different industry, a different, ha who's had a different experience, who's completely unrelatable in many ways, share and provide an insight that you could benefit from. Like, I can see that. I mean, isn't that some a way of sometimes even um, coming up with great ideas is to get input from really different types of thinkers, different... So that kind of counters, like, this idea of, like... Yeah, I get it. The, in, in some in ways. Some ways but in some I ways. also think, like, if you're thinking about it as the source, you know, there's a difference between... Nicole, the co-founder of a SaaS company, providing Kate, who who knows nothing about SaaS, and you providing me some type of advice in the realm of sales, that I know your background and I know that you are a very mm -hmm. credible source given your mm -hmm. experience and everything versus a college graduate who has never owned a business before and them, you know, providing me feedback about sales. Yeah. So I still think it kind of goes back to like the source of it. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. I'm convinced, but I hear you. <laughs> I hear, no, I hear you. It is, it is a little contradictory. <laughs> well, Nicole, we have covered a lot of ground on this topic. I'm so glad that you recommended it and had that conversation with your girlfriend because it allowed us to explore so many different areas of giving and receiving feedback and kind of criteria that we might use on both ends. <laughs> and yeah, I found this really helpful. It's actually given me a lot to think about in the ways that I handle feedback and probably especially how I provide it. Yeah, I'm with you. And going back to that experience that I had at the networking event, you could take that experience and be quite disheartened or feel like anyone who gives unsolicited advice should just, you know, be quiet already or just, you know, but I think it provided, it definitely gave me something to think about in terms of when I give feedback, when I'm receiving feedback, I don't know. It's a, it's a topic that I think I, I like the fact that we're just a bit more conscious of this mm -hmm. just in general, whether it's with family, with friends, with, you know, your team. Yeah. The self-awareness and just being aware of how sensitive mm -hmm. it can be mm -hmm. for, for you and for the people giving or receiving. <laughs> yeah. Lots to think about. Thanks for having this convo, Kate. Yeah. Ditto. And friends, as we close out today's chat on giving and receiving feedback, we hope that you have also picked up a thing or two you can carry with you today and moving forward to give you that extra boost of confidence and support when you need it most. And friends, if you enjoyed this episode, we'd love your feedback. 
You can give us your feedback in a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, if you have a friend in mind who might also enjoy our chats, why don't you share the podcast with them too? Send them to canrelatepodcast.com or have them search Nicole and Kate Can Relate on their favorite podcast app. Very nice. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time.